3: Welcome to the Heart of Innovation. 60 Minutes that could save life and limb. With new breakthrough ideas and innovation changing the healthcare landscape. Brought to you by patient advocacy group, thewaytomyheart.org. In partnership with Cardiovascular System Incorporated's patient advocacy campaign, Take a Stand Against Amputation. Here are your hosts for the Heart of Innovation Emmy award winning journalist and founder of The Way to My Heart, Kim McNicholas and Interventional Cardiologist and Founder of the Save My Piggies Health Education Series, Dr. John Phillips.
4: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. You know, I have been reading a fascinating book that I just cannot put down that explores the intersection of religion and science, including faith in medicine. It's called How God Becomes Real. Handling the Presence of Invisible Others by Stanford Anthropologist Tanya Lerman. Now in it, Lerman talks about how religious practices and narratives can create deep positive changes for people who engage in them. Research supports this notion. Studies have repeatedly shown that people of faith report feeling better and healthier. Lerman believes one reason why is that the act of practicing religious faith is similar to scientifically proven practices like mindfulness and cognitive behavioral therapy. She also talks about the social impact of talking to God, which MRI results, this is really cool, they actually indicate that that resembles talking to a friend, which is critical to reduce loneliness and improve mental health in people with chronic illnesses. Such as peripheral artery disease. We talk about that all the time. It's that circulation issue and mainly the leg arteries, but also heart disease as well. You know, I think it's much more than that, though. I think that having faith gives hope and greater degrees of hope, according to a 2021 Harvard study, are associated with improved coping, well being, and engagement in healthy behaviors which, as you know, that's critical to improving a patient's prognosis, especially if they have vascular diseases. So in this episode of The Heart of Innovation, we are here to talk about the power of faith and its role in healing with Dr. Mark Kaufman, who has his Doctorate of Divinity and is CEO of Destiny Developers, Kingdom Broadcasting Network Studios, which it's where we're broadcasting out of live in Newcastle, Pennsylvania right now. And he is also the senior pastor of Jubilee Ministries International, which is headquartered right here in Newcastle, Pennsylvania. I promise you that this will be a powerful episode, whether you are religious or not. John, hey, don't you wish you were here?
5: I, I do. And I'm evidently not that far from you guys. So this is your first time broadcasting live at 2 p.m. Eastern, right? I mean, so this is this is it cool. Is. I'm, and I'm, wow, I'm looking I am don't forward. have
4: to get up early. Don't have to get out of the hot tub early. <laughs>
5: That's right. You don't. You don't have to get up I've early lunch. You have your your appropriately, um, you know, fueled up. And this is because this is going to be a, a very in-depth conversation, I think, because uh, as we were talking before we went on the air. It's often a little bit taboo to talk about religion, but yeah. we also did, we also agreed it's our show, so we can talk about whatever we want. So that's cool. Um, that's true, but yeah, I'm true. looking forward to this because I, I believe that emotional well being and emotional health, whether it's religious or not, is is just as important as um, you know physical well being uh, to in order to lead a kind of globally and a, a wholly um, kind of enriched life. So. I'm really excited. This is going to be fun. And plus, we get to meet your cousin, right?
4: My cousin, Dr. Mark Hoffman, who's here, who's graciously let us broadcast from his studio.
2: What's an honor to be here. Thank you for the invitation.
4: Definitely. I mean, it's the perfect topic, right? Yes, it is. You know, I'm curious before we even get, because I know that uh, Dr. Phillips over there is, is itching to do his words of wisdom. But Doctor of Divinity, what? tell us about that.
2: Well, I'm um, 34 years of ministry, my wife and I, uh, here in Newcastle, Pennsylvania, at Jubilee Ministries International, and I received my doctorate um, in eschatology and also in religious philosophy.
4: Oh, wow. That's incredible. And so you're going to appreciate some, you know, words of wisdom then from Absol- Dr. Phillips to absolute. kick things I, off.
2: I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor, yeah, it's a lot of pressure. Spectacular, vascular
5: moment of Inspiration. inspiration. inspiration.
4: If that doesn't put you in the mood, I don't know what does. <laughs> yeah,
5: that's right. I mean, it never gets old. And in fact, this is show forty nine, if I, if our numbers are correct. So I, I can't believe so. it. Um, I spent a fair amount of time trying to figure out how to um, intertwine uh, religion and faith and healing and, and things of that nature, and looked at multiple quotes and ended up resting on a quote uh, from uh, in, from the Bible, Matthew uh, 11, uh, twenty-eight. And I think it's um, apropos to what you do, Kim, and what what I what I well we all try to do. But we see folks that have heavy burdens, and we're trying to help uh, remove some of that burden, or at least spread it out, and 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 help people get better. And so uh, Jesus said this, and but the quote is, "Then Jesus said." Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. So I like the fact that, yes, you can certainly call on God to do these things for you. But also, you have to call on other people to help you and, and, and help you get better. So I don't know. That's one I like. There's a lot out there, but food for thought.
4: Yeah. Do you want to comment on on the quote?
5: Yeah,
2: absolutely. I mean, you know, the Lord wants those that he created. He is the creator. And the creator, uh, I, th- I think the the person who created us knows how to heal us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um, I love that scripture because he's saying that if you are weary, if you're carrying heavy burdens, if you are ill, come to me and I'll give you rest. Mm-hmm. And uh, that rest really means I will give you peace. Peace is the absence of war. You know, when you're sick in your body, you're at war. You're fighting all the time to stay healthy, to get healthy. But when you come to the Lord and you cast your cares on him, the Bible says, um, then he cares for us. He takes care of us.
4: And, you know, my mom always said, God helps those who help themselves. How does that play in?
2: Well, you know, it it requires faith, Mm -hmm. you know, And, and when you have faith, there has to be. Uh, an action to your faith. The Bible says, "Faith without works is dead faith." So God requires one thing from us: that we believe in Him, and we act. And an act is our faith in action. Mm-hmm. And so it's vitally important that we're people of faith.
4: You know, why is it? You know, even psychology today had um, said that there were studies out there that, that said that faith is incredibly powerful when it comes to healing. But yet you have others that come out and say, "But you know, the evidence is purely oh. empirical." Oh. How do you respond to that?
2: Well, you know, I'm, I'm not coming to you based upon my theory or my personal philosophies, but experiences. Mm-hmm. In our ministry for 34 years, we've literally seen hundreds of people healed by the power of God. Mm-hmm. And some are incredible, undeniable. We have documentation from doctors proving these were authentic miracles, and they shouldn't have happened outside of a supernatural divine intervention by God. And the people, they express their faith to receive. See, I call faith the currency of heaven, just like we use the American dollar to be able to purchase something. It's, it's currency. It's a point of exchange. Our faith is a point of exchange with heaven. So when God sees faith, God responds to faith. Mm-hmm. And so all you need is faith. It's that simple.
4: It seems simple. We're going to explore that just a little bit more and, and find out, you know, especially when you are, diagnosed with something that is serious or doctors say is terminal or or chronic you know how do you maintain that faith well coming up we're going to get some advice from dr kaufman so stay with us
1: Welcome back to The Heart of Innovation. For more
3: on today's topic, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. Once again, here's Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips.
5: Welcome back, everybody. Before we went to break, we were just, I think, touching the tip of the iceberg about faith, uh, having hope, particularly as it pertains to uh, medical ailments and, and dealing with potentially some, some bad news. So, Mark, I, I wanted to just kind of pick your brain a little bit as we start off the second segment. I, I would imagine through your ministry, you encounter um, people that that ask your help. Uh, after they 've heard some potentially bad news medically or whatnot, how do you approach that uh, for for those folks? I'm, obviously you have to tailor it, I would imagine, but is there kind of a common theme that you can that you weave uh, in in the conversation to to help uh, ease some of the burden as 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 our quote from um, the apostle uh, Matthew alluded to
2: yeah, what most people do when they come and they 're seeking help from the Lord. They're first usually coming in fear. Mm -hmm. They're afraid. They've got a negative report. And so we have to give them a good report. So what we begin to use, of course, is the word of God and scriptures that pertain to healing. The Bible says that uh, (coughs) faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So that's the way that people begin to receive healing. So we begin to share scriptures with them. For instance, one of the scriptures we will use is where it says how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power he went about doing good and healing all of all their diseases. So Jesus in the four gospels healed everybody. A lot of people say, well, that was, you know, that, that was 2000 years ago when he walked the face of the earth. But the Bible says he's the same yesterday, today and forever. He's God and change is not. And so when people begin to realize, wait a minute, this God that did all these healings in the gospels is the same God who heals today. All of a sudden, faith begins to be birthed in their spirit and now they're open to receive their healing. When that happens, miracles
6: happen.
4: What is the difference, though, between some of those, those people that you, you actually can see their faith, you know, God's healing hands actually translate into the disease that they thought was going to be terminal suddenly going into remission versus ones that end up where it, it does end up um, in, in death?
2: Well, you know, there's a lot of things that can block healing. For instance, bitterness.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Fear can do that. Doubt can be a blockage to restrict people. So we do everything we can. Um, you know, we are not, I heard someone say, oh, you're a faith healer. No, I no, I have faith. There's only one healer and that's Jesus. <laughs> and so we bring people to him. We um, address scriptures that we feel will build their faith. And some people just are hesitant. Some people have doubts. And that may restrict them from receiving their healing. So, you know, I've seen, I've seen many people be healed, miraculous things. Mm-hmm. We actually saw uh, a lady raised from the dead. It was incredible. She had been dead for about 10, 15 minutes, and God raised her from the dead. Uh, it was an incredible supernatural miracle. And we've seen so many miracles. I could give you a host of stories, incredible miracles. But then there's times I've seen people not receive healing. And sometimes we don't understand why some people get healed and some people don't get healed.
4: Right. That's my question. And that's what makes, you know, makes it so that you have the non-believers out there. They're like, well, I did believe before, but now I'm an atheist because I wasn't healed and I asked to be healed.
2: And we have seen that happen time and time again. And all we can say is God is a sovereign God. He is is a sovereign God mm -hmm. and we have to trust him
5: at the end of the day. Mark, I, I want you to, if you can, help me personally with, with this scenario that um, I came across back in, in November. So, full disclosure, I'm Catholic, born raised Catholic, you know, practicing Catholic as best I can. Uh, good friends of ours. We grew up with them, with their children. Um, she was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2012. It went into remission, came back in, in 2020. They have three children. So, I was. My medical hat watched her get sicker and sicker and to the point where I knew that she was not going to survive this. Then the religious hat that I put on, we had a um, a prayer service for her a couple of nights before. And I'm listening to people, you know, friends at church talk about how. We're going to praise the pray the rosary. We're going to do certain things. We're going to try to get Liz healed. And in my head, I knew she was not going to survive this. This is there's no way she's going to survive this. Um I'm trying to I'm wrestling with how do I have faith? And just before you said, you know, some people are healed and some people aren't. She was a, was and is a nice person. You know, I, I knew and know. Um. Yet she's she's not going to get healed, and I clearly knew that. But yet I'm listening to my friends who don't know what I know about her medical condition, hoping and praying and wanting to do things, still believing that she could she could be healed when there's there was no way that that could happen. I've I wrestled with this now for well six months. Help me if you can, maybe understand this. I can give you an example of that.
2: I had a friend uh, that she had cancer. And she passed away and we prayed and she was a woman of faith. And it was disappointing. Why didn't she get healed? But then I had prayed for a man who had no faith. Okay. He was stage four cancer. He was given a couple weeks to live. He completely recovered and lived a long life. So there's some things we cannot explain. And we question God sometimes. And there's times we don't have the answer for everything. But I've made up my mind a long time ago. I will continue to pray for people regardless the results Regardless, because I've seen too many people get healed to not believe that God is a healing God.
4: I mean, sometimes you have to to wonder and just, you know, my mom transitioned last year and there were so many questions that I had still have. But that one thing that I keep coming back to is that, you know, she has her own contract with God and there is and can be a certain timing. Um, that you have contracted to be here, and you have other things to do elsewhere, maybe in the universe that would that would take you away. is that something that um can be explained? Is that something that could be possible as part of that to explain things
2: well let me say it this way about your mother okay there 's different ways that that God can heal us number one, he can use doctors. the Bible says all wisdom comes from God, so the wisdom doctors have have come from god that 's number one, number two. God can supernaturally heal someone in their physical body. It could be a progressive healing or an instantaneous miracle. But your mother passes on. She's in heaven. She's healed now. Right. All the pain is gone. So there's many ways that God can heal. And so we don't understand in the sovereignty of God why, why some get healed, some don't get healed. But that should not stop us from believing that God is still a healer and he's a good God regardless what happens.
4: I'm coming up right here on the Heart of Innovation, we have the lines filling up with folks that want to share their experiences and insights. So stay with us and we'll continue the conversation.
5: Hi, I'm Dr. John Phillips with this week's Medical Notepad brought to you by Cardiovascular Systems Incorporated, patient's advocacy campaign, Take a Stand Against Amputation and the Weight of My Heart. It's not uncommon that I see a patient in the office who was supposed to be taking a certain medication that has decided to stop it on their own. Oftentimes, we're prescribing medications for patients that have peripheral arterial disease, which is plaque buildup, mainly in the leg arteries, that can cause symptoms such as pain when walking and ulcers that can lead to amputation. Having peripheral arterial disease also increases your risk of heart attack and stroke. So when we recommend certain medications to try to reduce that risk, meaning antiplatelets to help uh, keep the blood slippery, so to speak, such as aspirin or clopidogrel, and sometimes anticoagulants are recommended, such as Xeralta or Warfarin or Eliquis. Um, Those are typically in patients that have had underlying bleeding uh, complications or clots or with abnormal heart rhythms. Oftentimes, we're recommending statins to lower cholesterol or other medications to reduce the absorption of cholesterol. Finally, we recommend medications to lower blood pressure. If you have diabetes, you're probably on some medication to help control blood sugar. And finally, there's an agent called solastazole that can, uh, at high doses, improve walking distance. So, Number one, we try to have a a healthy conversation with you as a patient as to why these medications are important. But number two, if that medication is prescribed and you've kind of agreed to take it, you should not stop taking that medicine on your own without telling your healthcare provider. There's a lot of information out there, and Dr. Google is helpful to some degree, but don't let Dr. Google be mistaken for your own physician's medical degree. So do not stop taking these medications because you feel better. You probably feel better because they're working. Your cholesterol is probably lower because you're on that medication. And if you stop it, your cholesterol is probably going to get worse. And if you stop them abruptly, you might have side effects uh, that could make things um, more troublesome for you and cause withdrawal. So if you're concerned about the medications you're taking, ask your physician. If you have a question about why I'm on this or why I'm on that, ask your physician. Again, we want you to be the quarterback of your healthcare, and we as medical providers are here to be your quarterback. Over time, your physician might help you uh, with the appropriate medications, stabilize your disease, and with the help of appropriate medications, maybe you can get off some of the medications that you're on with adequate exercise and diet. With this week's Medical Notepad. I'm Dr. John Phillips. Remember, the advice and views offered in this series are for educational and informational purposes only. Always check with your own healthcare team for explicit consent to act on any advice or information offered here. If you want to learn more about PAD, go to Stand Against Amputation, that's one word, dot com. To get real time support, go to the way to my heart, one word dot org, the way to my heart dot org.
3: Welcome back to The Heart of Innovation. For more on today's topic, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. Once again, here's Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips.
4: Welcome back to the show. We are talking about faith in healing. And during the break, I was sharing a story with uh, Mark about my mom actually, in 2012, ended up with a pulmonary embolism. It's a blood clot that, you know, impacted her lungs, and she basically flatlined on the bathroom floor. And I remember, as my dad's preparing to do CPR, I dropped to my knees, and I literally saw my life and my mom's life flash almost like a movie screen in front of my eyes. And I opened my eyes just suddenly in this moment. I swear, I if you if I wasn't a believer before, I was in that moment. I felt like God was speaking through me and just putting the words in my mouth because I would never say anything in this way. And I said, Mom, you can't leave me now. You haven't found me a husband. And it was just like, whoa. And my mom's eyes popped open. She perked up and was like, yeah, not going to the hospital. And so,
5: oh, 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 Real quick, why the Southern drawl?
4: I, that's exactly what I was wondering. I I'm, have a Valley girl accent from California. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and that's how I knew there was some higher power that knew exactly what to say and how to say it to just get my mom fired back up again. And I asked the doctor afterwards and he told me that, you know, even if you you don't feel the pulse, the heart may have stopped. The brain function continues and can kickstart the heart again and Mark, can you ex- explain, I mean, you mentioned during the break that hope, giving right. someone hope was really the trigger.
2: There's a biblical perspective to this, Kim. And the Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. So when people get sick, they start losing hope. Right. They start thinking, I'm not going to live. What's going to happen to me? <clears throat> and so hope, <gasps> it's, its sickness is a thief. It robs people of hope. Yeah. So if you can restore hope to people. That's what you did. When you said that to your mother, all of a sudden, hope came alive in her. Now she had a reason to live because she had not seen her son in law yet. Right. So she awakens, she comes back to life, whatever may have happened during that time. Now she's conscious, her eyes are open because it's hope. If you think about this, uh, another scripture says, without vision, people perish. Did you ever notice that when people retire and they really have a purpose after that? It's been known how many, especially with men, Within two years after retirement, when they're doing nothing anymore, they die, have heart attacks. Right. We've seen that. The reason is is because they've lost their purpose in life. The power of vision. A person that has a vision, purpose. You're on assignment. It has a way of giving you longevity of life and keeping you healthy.
5: Yeah, and that's exactly what we. What um, Victor Frankl, in his book "Man Search for Meaning," you you can find a purpose in anything in life. Let, let me throw this out there, okay? So when I, I was a philosophy minor, Mark, you know a lot more about philosophy than I do. But I remember what was called Pascal's Wager, where Pascal was a, a philosopher. And basically, he argued that, and I'm paraphrasing it, that, that a rational person should live as though God exists and seek to believe in God. Um, so let's if God doesn't exist, then they... You don't only have, I guess, what he termed finite loss, you die and that's it. But if God does exist, then you can potentially have infinite gains, go to heaven, things of that nature. So I think from, you know, like pragmatically, what what does it hurt? Why not just believe in God? Because you have nothing to lose.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I went through a, a series of illnesses back in 2000. I was diagnosed with about a dozen different problems. They sent me home to die. And the doctor, the last diagnosis was I had brain lesions. And I remember going home and I had to make a decision right then. Uh, Either I'm going to die or I'm going to live and I'm going to believe what I've been preaching all these years. So I began to meditate on God's word and began to find out what happened. Because the Bible says, as as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So I quit thinking that I was sick. Though the sickness, the pain was there. Okay. Um, But. I was, I, I, I made up my mind that there was sickness in my body, but didn't have a right to stay there because God did not create me to be sick. So I quit saying things like my sickness, my illness, it's not mine. I gave it to God. And from that time, things begin to change because I begin to change the way I think concerning my illness. And I begin to believe in God's word. There's a scripture that says, the Apostle John says, above all things, I would that you would prosper and be in health as your soul prospers, as your mind prospers. So a, a, it, is, it is more important. I would, I would rather have a healthy mind than a healthy liver.
4: <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, the mind over, over the body.
2: Here's some people say, do you preach mind over matter? Well, I don't know, but it does matter what's in your mind. It does. It
5: actually <laughs> yes, the way you sure. think. Yeah. And then let me just share this. We talked about this during the break, but there was a recent Wall Street Journal poll, uh, about 1,100 people that they polled just to see looking at happiness. It's kind of sad, but only 12% of these, the people they polled said they were very happy. And that's dramatically down from even like five years ago. Most people were like, "Well, pretty happy. But,
4: right. I mean, you pre and post COVID.
5: Right. But the people that were the happiest, they tend to value community close personal relations and belief in God again I don't make it, it is what it is there's there's this notion
2: of belonging if you think about in Genesis chapter 1 and 2 before God created man he created this healthy environment the Garden of Eden and there man was to thrive and prosper and and, and prosper and be in health in that environment and I think it's a real principle we can understand that if we create healthy environments joyful environments, that it also allows us to prosper and be in health. You know, there's a scripture that says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Well, strength is what we all need to live daily, to wake up and do what we are doing, our daily chores when we go to work. And so having a joyful mind, a joyful spirit, a joyful environment can create a healthy environment.
4: It can. And Judith is on the line. I want to get to some of our callers. Uh, Judith, you want to go ahead and and jump in and share your experience as well?
7: Thanks, Kim. I'm really glad to be here. This is a wonderful opportunity. I think it's really important for us to tend our garden, the garden in our minds and hearts. Just as you were mentioning how you stopped taking ownership of the pain and and anything connected with that that you did not want to experience, and you claimed the life of God now. We even remember the centurion who said, if our faith is in our minds weak, the source of all strength is what we're working with. So our very willingness to have faith, to be in that receptive mind helps us draw toward us that which we need. And I think it's important before we're in crisis To think about mortality and realize we're only here on a temporary basis, all of us. Go sometime. And as you said, from what I hear from those who come back or communicate with us, it's wonderful. Like you said, there's no more pain. There's no more trouble. And you understand that. So knowing that we're going into a place that sounds like a, where are we mourning? What are we sorry about? And deal with that in our hearts and minds now so that we look at the wonder of being alive and fully appreciate we love, know how much we love them, appreciate that little flower, whatever it is. And that makes this day more full and helps us deal with the inevitable. Is that going to go? And it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing at all. Not at all.
4: Pastor Judith, thank you so much. Um, Coming up right here on the Heart of Innovation, we'll have additional folks that want to share their experiences and insights. So stay with us in this powerful hour. Peripheral artery disease. If you've been experiencing leg pain, leg cramps, or neuropathy when walking and your doctor isn't hearing you, we are. We are The Way to My Heart, the largest support network for peripheral artery disease patients. And we want to help you get back on your feet again. Visit our website at thewaytomyheart.org or call our Legsaver hotline, 415-320-7138. Your life and limb could depend on it.
3: Welcome back to The Heart of Innovation. For more on today's topic, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. Once again, here's Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips.
5: Welcome back, everybody. Before we went to break, we were listening to Pastor Judith share and give us some faith-filled words of wisdom. And it turns out that you are Faith actually kind of got you in touch with with Kim. You have peripheral arterial disease, and it sounds like things were pretty dire. And
7: yes, what happened? Quite. God intervened? Absolutely. You know, when you are in a questioning mode, you hear more deeply because you're attuned. And something kept telling me to wait. I had 100% blockage in both legs and was headed toward. Uh, dire outcomes. The stent had closed up three times and something kept telling me to wait before that final surgery. And the day before I was scheduled, I had actually gone in for the pre-op. Something told me to wait, that an angel was going to tell me what I needed to know. And don't question, just follow what she said. And I had no idea how, who, what. I had never heard of this group or anything like it, and uh, for those of you who who can see me, I'll be 70 next week, so I wasn't especially into Facebooking and all that, but my angel was Kim, and she told me of possibilities I didn't know about, and now I'm part of this wonderful group of people who share and care and put their energy together and spread the word that there is hope, and there is help, and that hope that my brother was talking about when we have hope, then we're open to receive. So I, I really appreciate this opportunity here today.
4: Thank you so much, Pastor Judith. We appreciate you. And you're just a fighter. You're amazing. I'm so glad. And you're back in front of your congregation again, sharing the word of the Lord. So bless you. And we have Marsha on the line. Marsha, you wanted to share your experience.
9: I I did. So um, I was diagnosed last April with PAD. And I was a smoker, longtime smoker, heavy smoker, bad diet, you know, all the things that get a lot of people here. And um, I knew I had to quit smoking and, and, and make a lot of changes. And I didn't know how I was going to do it because I like smoking. I liked it a whole lot. And um, I remember... People said, pick a pick a stop date. And so I did. My stop date was May 10th. So um, my mom had died on May 11th many years ago, and she died of lung cancer. So I made that date for both of us. I was going to quit smoking, uh, you know, to honor her, but to also save my legs. And I prayed to God. I said, I, God, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I, I don't have the strength. You know, I I just felt weak, and um, I told him, you know, please, Jesus. It was like a Jesus-take-the-wheel moment, and I haven't had a cigarette since. It's been, I can actually tell you how many days it's been. Um, well, it doesn't matter, but almost a year, and I haven't had a cigarette, and not looking back. Thank you, and um, my health is good. I got taken off blood thinners. I'm exercising. I eat right. You know, but, but the whole thing is, is that I had faith and I had God with me. I asked God to be with me and he was, he is.
4: Thank you so much, Marcia. And, and it brings me to my question, Mark, in terms of how do you pray? How do you phrase a prayer that is the most effective and, and, you know, for healing?
2: Well, first of all, let me say this about her testimony. It's a wonderful testimony. Um, Yes, you had faith because the scripture says God has given every man, everyone a measure of faith. So there's no one in the planet who who God has not given a measure of faith, a seed of faith that we can start moving in. And that's what you did. You took a step of faith and God honored that faith. When God sees faith, he rewards faith, the Bible said. So because of your faith, now you have a reward where you're becoming more healthy. You're no longer smoking. What a wonderful testimony. Prayer. I, I believe one of the most important things, because there's no formula to this. I wish there was. I wish that here's the seven steps on exactly. how to pray, and here's the results. It doesn't work that way, um, because if you have one, two, three, God will do one, two, three this time. Next time, it's three, two, one. <laughs> so <laughs> what I say shake is this: up. throughout Scripture, you find a powerful principle. I call it the secret sauce of the Bible. It's the power of thanksgiving. You know we're supposed to enter His course with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a powerful force. They have proven, okay, that people who are thankful are healthier than those who are not thankful. And so, Thanksgiving, I believe, really opens up the doors for us, okay, to receive what God has for us. Because when you're when you're thankful, even in the midst of a painful situation, you're thanking God for something you don't have yet. But that's faith in itself. It's a powerful force. I call it the secret sauce of the scripture, Thanksgiving.
4: I love it. That's a fantastic approach. And we have Todd who's on the line. Todd, what is your experience or, or question for Mark?
8: All right. Now I'm unmuted.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. We have about a yeah. minute.
8: What a great, great topic. Just some the uh, comments that I, I had is, that, you know, the Bible tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for. And we need to differentiate between what everyone else says is hope and what the Bible says is hope, because hope in the Bible literally means it's what we expect. And faith is the way that we achieve that expectation. And in the in the Old Testament, the the word for faith is the same word for nursing. Right. So literally, we have to nurse our faith like this woman with the issue of blood when Jesus wasn't even looking her direction. She was nursing her faith by saying over and over again to herself, if I can grab a hold of his garment, I will be made whole. And she got it when God wasn't even looking toward her. And so she was nursing her faith. She went and grabbed hold of what she expected. It wasn't just this thing out there that I hope to get it. it was no, I'm expecting to get this. And when we get like Mark was sharing earlier, Does he had to change his mindset and then we abound in that with the thanksgiving before we see it it's it's powerful
5: god that's an amazing um kind of thought process and 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 kind of just i think brings it all back together for us but i have to you have the same last name as kim Hmm. y'all related
4: It's a little incestuous here. Sorry,
5: (laughs) hello, left out.
4: (laughs) We can add it as a as a second surname for you if you'd like. Yeah, give me a hyphen.
8: Give me a hyphen. (laughs) We'll welcome you as part of the family. (laughs) Thank you.
4: Exactly. This is all. This is the family show. Let's keep it PG.
2: (laughs) I, I I have a quote that I I use quite a bit. Expectation is the mother of all miracles. What you expect in your life is what you will attract in your life. If you expect negative things, guess what? They'll show up. If you expect good things, they will show up as well. And so it's vitally important that we, that we elevate our expectation to start believing when we enter into a, a season or we're in a time of, of pain and suffering, that we begin to change our thinking, uh, begin to move and operate and have a, a, an attitude of gratitude and thanksgiving and then start expecting what God says in his word.
4: And I think that's so powerful. So coming up right here on The Heart of Innovation, we will have more with Dr. Mark Kaufman. So keep the faith, I promise you. Have some hope, we'll be right back.
3: Welcome back to The Heart of Innovation. For more on today's topic, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. Once again, here's Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips.
5: Welcome back, everybody. It's our final segment. We've got about four minutes left, so we want to get to a couple more callers. Larry, our famous ex-globetrotter, is
6: on the line. Larry, can you hear me? Yes, sir, very well. How are you doing, sir, and everyone else on the show? I
5: am I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Do you have any thoughts or questions for uh, Dr. Kaufman? Yes.
6: This is such a powerful uh, uh, session that I'm really learning a lot and listening, and I th- thought for a minute, I said, well, maybe I better just hang up, but you, it's best to wait your turn. Anyway, with the word faith, I think faith has definitely been with me, Since I was born, and most of all, my mom instilled it in me as life went on. As of today, after finding out that I had PAD and lost a left limb, faith definitely has been in me. I never doubted it, and without faith, I don't think I would be able to go forward. This is my third time trying to walk. I walk regular with my regular two legs. I walk with my prosthetic for two and a half months. And I'm beginning to get a new socket, and I'm going to walk like you've never seen it before. And for anyone out there who don't think faith has a lot to do with it, the healing part is already been done because I believe in the good Lord that wakes me up every day. Without having strong people like the pastors that we have, such as yourself and the doctors, where would faith be? Anyone can say they have faith, but are you really living the faith day in and day out? That's the key to me. And Kim has definitely been my angel. I'm sorry to steal her from the other young lady, but she's an angel of many hearts. And we found one another, and I hope we continue to find one another, along with the great professional people that she bring on. I never knew this was this powerful until I received PAD, but I'm not sad about it. I'm thankful that I'm able to help each and every one of our family members that comes on side So yes, that's it. Me,
4: definitely. And you know, um, you know, Doctor Coleman, we have less than two minutes left. Would you want to respond to Larry and give us some final thoughts and powerful words for yeah,
2: people you- to take away? Yeah, we both had a conversation recently. I think the one thing that I loved about him is the joy that he had, the, the, the spirit of laughter. There's a scripture that says, a merry heart does good like a medicine. A merry heart does good like a medicine. And that is absolutely powerful. I had a friend of mine who was very sick, very ill. Uh, his sickness was under death. But he went and got a hotel room. And he got all these really good comedies. And he played them. The whole time he was in there, when he come out, he was healed. He says, I laughed the whole time. I laughed myself to health. A merry heart
5: does good like a medicine. Wow. If
7: that's the case,
5: we oh, join this show every week, then we're going to hear, hear a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
4: I think so. I think that that's the goal. And I think that, you know, whether you're religious or not, I think it's there is a way, right, Mark, that you can have some sort of faith and you can start at any point. And any even if you have never had faith before, how do you start now? How can Here's, here's you, the important here thing.
2: Forward? You're going to have to distance yourself from negative people. And you're going to need to surround yourself <laughs> with faith-filled people who can speak into your life, encourage you in the journey, and can walk with you. And that's vitally important. I tell people, if there's negative people, this is a really good time because you're ill. You need to step back, distance yourself, surround yourself with people who can fill your life, fill your mind, and your heart with faith. That's vitally important.
4: It is so important. Mm -hmm. So I hope this has been a powerful hour for all of you uh, listening to The Heart of Innovation. I hope you walk away with so much hope and so much faith from here on out. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Dr. Kaufman, and on behalf of John and, and the entire crew. Have a great week, everyone.
3: The way to myheart.org and take a stand against amputation. Our purpose is to reduce the 1.5 million heart attacks and strokes and nearly 200,000 amputations annually. For more information regarding topics you've heard discussed on today's program, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org.